You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. Tuesday, August 29th. It's the morning, and you guessed it, this is a special episode of the Christian commute. One, because I want to talk about this before the, the news gets old. Cold, and nobody's talking about it anymore. It's a funny thing about the news cycle. It doesn't matter how important something is. It matters how fresh it is, or people don't care. That shouldn't be the case. Anyway, rabbit trail already. Number two, I feel bad for not doing a, sh- uh, a show last week because I had food poisoning, so... I haven't, I haven't been putting out the number of shows that I like to put out on the Christian Commute. This used to be, in its heyday, a five-day-a-week podcast. The only such podcast of its kind <coughs> with great volume. And now we're lucky to get three. Because I only work, well, I only go to work three days a week. I work five days a week. I only go to work three days a week. And if there's any reason not to go, like, oh, I got food poisoning, that's a pretty good reason. But if there's some other reason not to go, like, oh, I got to go pick up my lawnmower today, I'll just work from home. If I can find a reason to work from home, I will. So let me, uh, let me do a show in the morning. And it's a special episode, which means it's just about a subject. It's not, it doesn't have a Bible chapter review and a question. I really don't even know if I got a question in the inbox right now. I hope one comes through. Anyway, this one, we're going to continue with our, uh, I guess it's a series now. Google. Google Jonathan Howe. And we're going to call this From a Fake Conservative to a True Liberal. From a Fake Conservative to a True Liberal. Or a Real Liberal. I don't know. I'll figure out the title later, but this is about Jonathan Howe. Not just Jonathan Howe, it's always something bigger, like the Willie McLaren episode wasn't just about Willie McLaren, it was about something bigger. Jonathan Howe is just the manifestation of the problem. And you guys probably don't even know who Jonathan Howe is. Well, he's Willie McLaren's replacement on the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's who he is. So he is now the interim president and CEO of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Wow, that's a mouthful. What a big job that is if you if you take how many words you have to say, but just to put it simply, he's the he's the head Southern Baptist right now. Now I'd be saying a lot if he was Catholic cuz the head Catholic is the pope and he has a lot of power. The head Southern Baptist can't tell a single church what to do. Nevertheless, he's in charge of the Southern Baptist Convention's day-to-day operations. He took over on an interim basis for Willie McLaren after we all found out that Willie McLaren was a fraud. Now here is an important thing to note this morning. I have a hot tea from Panera Bread. I have their drink subscription. I got it for my wife's birthday. She was not appreciative, but I go there all the time and use her birthday drinks. So let me take a drink. Ugh! 
they forgot to put the honey and milk in it. The competence level there is not high. The tea I had Friday on the way to work was really good because it was full of honey and milk. But they just put tea in a cup. What am I going to drive back and complain? No. You know what? It's, this mistake is just going to be lost like tears and rain. Like Rutger Hauer, Roy Batty's Tears and Rain. Because I it'll, I guess its only record will be on this podcast. Because I'm not going to call Panera about it, but you didn't put honey in my tea. Ugh. And I'm stuck going there because I got the subscription. Maybe this will be the catalyst for canceling my drink subscription. But the minute I do, I'll be like, man, I want to lemonade. I don't want to pay $4 for it. Blah. Blah. The taste in my mouth. It's, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a preacher analogy out of this. You ever you ever get some tea and it's a hot day and you got you a cold glass of tea and you're ready for that sweet taste and that's what you're expecting to be refreshed and you get that and it's unsweet. Some preachers are like that's how sin affects your life, but no 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 that's that's how I feel about the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, it's so biblical fidelity. Everything's great. Let's take a drink. Blah, it tastes of Jonathan Howe and Willie, Willie McLaren's phoniness. Whatever, I need the caffeine. It tastes like coffee. This is bad. Real, real bad. They put the milk in it, too, because I just looked at it, and it's discolored from the milk. I think they forgot the honey. I'm sorry. You guys don't care. Maybe the honey's at the very bottom. Some of those drink people are better than the others. Let's get to Jonathan Howe. So, how did Jonathan Howe become Willie McLaren's replacement? Well, he was in the right place at the right time. Jonathan Howe was the vice president of communications for the executive committee and for Baptist Press. So, Baptist Press, I don't think they print it anymore is the newspaper of the Southern Baptist Convention, the official newspaper or news outlet of the Southern Baptist Convention. And there are many denominational and religious news outlets out there. It's not uncommon to have a newspaper for your denomination. The state Baptists have them. There's the Alabama Baptist. That's the Alabama Baptist paper. Uh, oh, I forgot. What's, I forget the name of the Georgia one. It's sad because I'm in Georgia. But almost all of the state Baptist conventions have a little Baptist paper that they run. And the cooperative Baptists, the liberal Baptists, they have Baptist News Global. They have their own. I'm sure the groups that don't understand baptism also have their little Presbyterian and Methodist papers. I don't know. But Baptist Press... For those of you who don't know, who've just seen Baptist Press articles on the internet, are there, it's not just news articles about Baptists. It is the Southern Baptist newspaper. And it's operated under the oversight of the executive committee. And when Ronnie Floyd was president, I believe he was the one who hired Jonathan Howe to be VP of Communications. Okay, fine. The, ex- the executive committee has a VP of communications. It's a PR job, and he works with the paper. 
All right, that's normal. Nothing out of the ordinary. And by the way, I just want to point this out. Baptist Press is not out there to do journalism and provide independent stories. It is basically a PR arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. It prints puff pieces. As J.D. Hall used to say, it pumps sunshine and rainbows. If there's a problem in Baptist life, it's not talking about it. It does puff pieces. If you've ever seen the movie Full Metal Jacket, when Private Joker works for Stars and Stripes, and he he publishes a, a news story, he writes a news story the editor doesn't like, and he says, Joker, we're here to report two things. One, the winning of the war. Battles that result in a kill. And two, the winning of hearts and minds. GIs giving half their pay to buy Vietnamese toothbrushes and deodorants. He didn't say Vietnamese. He, he says what I think is a racial slur for Southeast Asian people. So I guess I won't report it. Even though I'm directly quoting the movie. But anyway, it's about the winning of hearts and minds. That's what Baptist Press is about. It doesn't say that anywhere on the website, but that's what it does. So keep that in mind, although it's supposed to be, ostensibly, a newspaper. And all of this, really no major problem in what I'm saying. Somebody had to replace Willie McLaren, right? Well, let's get to Jonathan Howe. Jonathan Howe replaced a fake conservative. All right, I'm assuming Willie McLaren, you know, he, he worked for the Tennessee Baptist Convention for 15 years. He's presenting himself as a conservative. No, he's a phony. He lied about his academic credentials. Jonathan Howe didn't lie about his academic credentials or where he goes to church. He's a real liberal. Now, some might say moderate. Jonathan Howe, listen to me is a cooperative Baptist. And some of you don't even know what that is, even though I mentioned it early, earlier. So let me run through the history for you again, for those of you who don't know. In 1980, the conservatives of the Southern Baptist Convention, namely Paul Pressler and Paige Patterson, took a look around and they said, wow, the convention's getting kind of liberal. And they hatched a plan to elect conservative pastors as the presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention to name the Committee on Committees, which would then name conservative trustees of the mission boards and schools and get rid of the liberals. That plan was called the Conservative Resurgence. It would take 10 years to do it. And it was successful. Starting with Adrian Rogers in 1980, moving on to Charles Stanley, Bailey Smith and Paige Patterson himself and a number of other conservative Baptist pastors that I could name. So when it became clear that the liberals were going to lose or the quote-unquote moderates were going to lose, they decided to form their own new organization, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Now what in that time would have made somebody a moderate or liberal. That would be somebody who does not believe in the inerrancy of scriptures, of the scriptures, plain and simple. 
And listen, it doesn't mean that they believe the Earth is 6,000 years old and that Noah had dinosaurs on the ark. Because people are going to be that's what conservatives believe, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, there are plenty of Baptists who believe that in the conservative camp. But it really comes down to the inerrancy of Scripture. Is this God's inerrant word or not? In other words, did Paul really write Timothy? No, it's pseudonymous. All right, you're not a conservative. You're a moderate. Okay? did, Did what Genesis say happen? really happened. God created the heavens and the earth ex nihilo. He parted the Red Sea, flooded the earth. He did all this stuff. If you don't believe it all happened, and you believe it's J-D-E-P, and not Moses, liberal, or quote-unquote moderate. Now, lady preachers come into, into view here, female pastors, which have never been very, very popular in Baptist life. But especially in conservative Baptist life, they don't exist because we believe the Bible. But in liberal Baptist life, fake or, or, or real, you have female pastors. Why? Because the pastoral epistles are believed to be pseudonymous. In other words, somebody writing with a pseudonym that pseudonym being Paul, wrote them. And Paul really didn't write them. So when you get to critical scholarship and, and liberalism when it, in terms of the Bible, there's actually a good number of books of the New Testament that you just sort of throw out. Well, you leave them in the biblical canon, but Paul didn't really write them. They don't have apostolic authority. So what do we really need to follow them? Colossians is one of those. Uh, And the pastoral epistles are included in those. By the way, so are the epistles of Peter. The second Peter especially. Maybe not first Peter. And you can see, by the way, that was the whole problem. Well, why they needed to kick the liberals out. Because like, alright, we're trying to run this Baptist convention here. And we're trying to do it sola scriptura. We're trying to be good Protestants. We're trying to have the basis of faith and practice. It's got to be the Bible. And some of y'all don't believe half of it's true. So that in the day, that's what marked liberalism. And included in that was female pastors. Because if you don't believe the pastoral epistles are inerrant then you're going to be like, well, it's okay for women to be pastors. Because it's those epistles that emphasize not only what the, the, the qualifications of a pastor are, but emphasize that it's men. Okay, then, then that's why you have female pastors. So that's part of being moderate or liberal. As society has changed, now you see those churches being more acceptive of homosexuality. Whereas they wouldn't have been before. Because listen, when you're moderate or progressive or liberal in your theology, you move with the times. When you're conservative in your theology, in that you believe the Bible, you just move with the Bible. And guess what? The Bible ain't moving. God's word is God's word. So after the conservative resurgence was politically successful in the SBC, the moderates and liberals said, well, we're not going to stay around for this party, we're not going to keep giving our money to it, and we're not wanted. So they left and formed the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. 
Now, this is a lot of backstory. Before I've even really talked a lot about Jonathan Howe, other than to tell you he's a cooperative Baptist. So, what is the reason the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship exists? To perpetuate fellowship of moderate and liberal churches. To perpetuate the fellowship and cooperative missions of churches who reject the inerrancy of God's Word. And with that, it brings lady pastors and acceptance of homosexuality, and may I also throw in acceptance of abortion. Because you start throwing out the Old Testament, well, forget about the place in Deuteronomy where there's a penalty for uh, killing an unborn child in the mother's womb, and it's different whether it's on purpose or an accident. No, it's different if the, the, the miscarriage is caused or not, if there's damage. Guys, do you know before the conservative resurgence of the Southern Baptist Convention that the SBC put out a resolution affirming care for like abortion, like abortion care? Do you guys know that? I've talked about it before. That's heinous. It's hideous. It never happened now, but it did happen. So you get a Southern Baptist president like Bill Clinton. Why is he such a moral disaster? Because he would coming out of a Bible-believing church. So he, oh yeah, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. That was the SBC position, guys. Ugh. Ugh. So that's who cooperative Baptists are. They're wicked. Now, they're not wicked in the sense that they're out dancing around in Daisy Dukes at pride parades. They're not wicked in the sense that they're out there having abortions all the time. Although a lot of them support it. And probably some of them are having abortions. Probably some Southern Baptist women are having abortions too. Because a bunch of sinners are everywhere. <coughs> but they're wicked because they reject God's inerrant word. They are a terrible witness for Christ on earth. It makes me think of Romans. It's a, God is shamed. Romans chapter 2, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. God shamed among the Gentiles because of your witness. That's what they're... Ugh. They're nothing worse than a cooperative Baptist. Because they're, they're like in us. They were of us. It's different than the United Methodists and the liberal PCA people. So there are a lot of historic churches that were SBC for a long time and now they're cooperative Baptists and some of them, strangely enough, are duly aligned in that they're straddling the fence and they're trying to exist in both worlds. What fellowship does light have with darkness, Paul said. Do not be unequally yoked, Paul said. But that's what these churches who are duly aligned are. They're trying to be one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom with cooperative Baptists and Southern Baptists. And of course that's political because they've got people there who've been there for years who want to support the liberalism. But you have people like we've been historically Southern Baptists too. It's, it's up to an individual church. But basically there's a contingent of wicked people there they want to satisfy by affiliating or aligning with the cooperative Baptist fellowship. And churches have split over this. 
In Cartersville, there's a church called Heritage Baptist Church. And it's split from a... I think it's split from First Baptist, but I'm not sure. And it's, it's across the street from First Baptist. They're both on the same road. Guess which one is full of people on Sunday? And people... I mean, they're ostensibly worshiping God. I mean, some of the songs aren't great. But guess which one has full Sunday school classes? Guess which one is sending out people to evangelize the lost? Guess which one is trying to save kids in vacation Bible school, etc., etc.? Guess which one's preaching the gospel every Sunday and the preacher's asking people to come get saved and baptized? Guess which one's sending thousands of dollars to missions, all right? And then guess which one's sort of hanging on with a, with a lady pastor? Now, I'm not saying size makes right, because the conservative Presbyterian church is little too, and I'd rather be there than anywhere on a given Sunday. And it's, it's little because they're not trying to attract people. But what I'm saying is the Cooperative Baptist Church took the, the, the cold, dead, lukewarm, if well, lukewarm at best, mainline people. Now, are they nice people? Yes, yeah, so some of these people are my friends and neighbors. You know, I got my dog back the other day from a guy, and I was so appreciative. I'm like, this guy, could he, he could have been a cross point for all I know. Do you know there's nice people at terrible churches? Do you know there's nice people at the Muslim church? I, I know for a fact there's nice people at the Catholic church. I've got Catholic girls on my soccer team. They're great, great families. I'm glad they're on my team. I'm glad they're friends with my daughters. I'm glad to know them. Because I, I just want to put this out, talk here a lot about cross points, terrible. I have friends there. Just like I have friends at the Liberal Baptist Church. Just like if Jonathan Howe lived in my town, I might be friends with him. But I do not want to partner with that guy in ecclesiastical matters because he's cooperative Baptist. And that's what I'm getting to. All this history to tell you that the number one top dog, Southern Baptist right now, is a cooperative Baptist. Jonathan Howe in Nashville is a member of Woodmont Baptist Church. Woodmont Baptist Church, which is duly aligned with the Cooperative Baptists and the Southern Baptists. And do you know what Jonathan Howe's wife does there? She is the minister of students and discipleship. Now notice I didn't say pastor of students and discipleship. I said minister. It's a minister. Because you can't, you can't look at their website and kick them out of the SBC now because they got a female pastor just as minister. So here's the thing. Nobody ever really gave a thought to Jonathan Howe, a pew sitters like me anyway, when he was the VP of communications of Sunshine Pumping Baptist Press. He's just some guy with a corporate job. Pumping sunshine at Baptist Press. And now he's in charge, and somebody said, Hey, what church does this guy go to? And they look it up, and it's a CBF church. And you, guys, I think it's worse to be a duly aligned church, dually aligned church, than just a plain CBF church. Because if you're a CBF church, you're just saying, All right, well, forget you guys, we're CBF. You know, we got differences. Let's amicably break up. We can still be friends. You guys do your thing. We're going to do our thing. We understand the differences. No, they're saying, like, we're going to hang on and try to do both, straddle the fence, mix with the wicked and the righteous at once. 
One foot in the kingdom, one foot in the world. Not that I'm trying to equate the SBC with the kingdom, because we know it has a lot of problems. And this is the type of church who would be supportive of females in the pastorate. And you could go on Twitter and find their pastor. His name's Parker, I think Nathan Parker. He went to Beeson Divinity School. That's Sanford's Divinity School, which you want to take to be more of a moderate divinity school when you're talking about state Baptist colleges. And he's saying, well, I'm just so proud of my school support for both male and female preachers. Yup. Now, you will notice there are no quote-unquote pastors on the staff at Woodmont. And this is... This is... You got... This, this is the kind of, of statement that comes from someone who has a VP of communications. All right. We don't have a VP of communications on the Christian commute. It's some autistic dude saying whatever he thinks who's likely to remember not to use the, the, the term for racial, uh, uh, Asian racial slurs, which rhymes with mooks. You know, I, like, you're lucky if I don't just re- remember not to say the racial slurs out loud. Not that the audience cares. I'm sure there's two people who are Asians who listen to this show, and they're conservative Baptists too, and they don't care. But that, that, there's no VP of communications here. There's just me. All right, so I'm not polished. The million billion dollar Baptist press has a VP of communications. Okay, and that's Jonathan Al. And his church, they said, well, we don't ha- we don't have any uh, women who want to be elders here. And yes, his wife is the minister of students and discipleship but you know when she when she emerged as the best candidate you know we changed the job requirements from wanting a male pastor to just a minister role of wanting either a male or female and someone on twitter i think baptist underground has rightly noted so jonathan's house wife was seeking out a job intended for a male and that guy he he dug up this Twitter account dug up the original advertisement for the job. And it says Minister of Students and, and Discipleship. And do you know what the bullet point says? One of the bullet points meets the pastoral qualifications of Timothy and Titus. Male or female, it says, who meets the pastoral qualifications. You can look it up. So it's a male or female, and they have to meet the qualifications of the pastoral epistles. That's egalitarianism by another name. And for those of you who don't know the term, even though it sounds good, egalitarianism is bad. Very bad. Bad, 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 bad. So there's a lot of controversy has erupted over that. Well, is, you know, is she acting like a pastor or not? And for that, I say, like, forget about the controversy. Because we can quibble over whether she's a pastor or not. This guy's wife. But the fact of the matter is this guy's wife is serving in a ministerial position at a cooperative Baptist fellowship church. And this guy himself, who's now in charge of the convention on an interim basis, is a member Forget if his wife works there or not, of a cooperative Baptist church. What, do you see how this is not okay? Do you, you know how many people worked to get 
rid of the liberal influence in the Southern Baptist Convention and its schools and mission boards? Do you know how long it took? Do you know how many small church pastors had to drive overnight to Texas and Louisiana and Indianapolis and these in California and whatever far-flung place they have the Southern Baptist Convention to show up and vote the conservatives in to just so people like me could have a place to go to study in seminary where they actually believed the Bible, just so people like you and me could have a place to send money to fund missionaries who actually believed the Bible and believed in heaven and hell and would go out and share the urgent message that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that if you don't repent, you will die in your sins and go to hell. Not a bunch of people who think hell is an abstract construct. Not a bunch of annihilationists that people who actually believe Jesus got up on that cross and died and bled for our sins so we can be reconciled with God the Father and live forever with Him in the New Jerusalem and not burn in hell forever and that he sent his word through his prophets, through his apostles and gave the church his word and we are supposed to order our lives by that word? I don't want to pay for missionaries who who don't believe that. I don't want to pay for seminaries who don't believe that. I don't even really like to pay for the seminaries and missionaries we have now and they're supposedly conservative. But you get complacent and the liberals, and this this happens in secular schools. This is why the board of educations in this country are full of homosexual pagans. And professors are a bunch of homosexual pagans and people who approve of homosexual paganism. Romans 1, not just the people who are engaged in it, but the people who give hearty approval thereof. Twisting the minds of young people. We Bible believers and politically conservative people are just out here trying to live and the liberals are out here trying to take over every institution to turn and twist the young minds. And you got the Sunday school ladies sitting there in Sunday school with their Lifeway books trying to get the kids to memorize some Bible verses and say here's a Jolly Rancher and Jesus is alive and here's a picture of Noah's Ark and they're getting up every Sunday to try and do their best to influence those kids from the from the world and then they get out in high school and college and the world and the people are trying to twist their minds and what was really perverted about it is it used to be there was a time those kids would graduate, they'd say I want to go serve Jesus. I want to go to pay for the, to the seminary my church is paying for. They'd go to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and that weather vane on top of the administration building, the wind would blow and it would point towards liberalism and those kids who went to serve the Lord would turn away from God and be talked to by their seminary. And we kicked those people out and now one of them is in charge because nobody was minding the shop. Jonathan Howe, I guess he's good at writing press releases and being political. And numbers and being political is what the leadership came about. Screw you, Ronnie Floyd, for hiring that guy, you false prophet, you clay-faced phony, you mega man. So guys, if you didn't think it could get any worse... 
then Frank Page adulterer, followed by Ronnie Floyd false prophet, followed by Willie McLaren complete phony. Now you've got Jonathan Howe, actual cooperative Baptist liberal, with his minister wife running the show. And here's the icing on the cake from Baptist Press correspondent in scare quotes, Scott Barkley. After the controversy arose over this guy's membership, we have an article written by Scott Barkley at the Baptist Press. Correspondence and scare quotes because this is a clear PR job. And you could read the article because I linked the article on my latest article. Uh, I wrote an article about this at Pulpin Pen. A bunch of these podcasts that I do are basically just articles that I don't have time to write at Pulpin Pen. So you can go look. This one I actually wrote. The stories about Baptist Press covering for their executive, their liberal. Scott Barkley at Baptist Press writes an article. Jonathan Howe is at Woodmont Church. There was, there was some unrest at Woodmont Church over the recent complementarian, egalitarian issues at the Southern Baptist Convention, but they remain unified. They have a big cooperative Baptist history at this church. The former pastor was involved in its founding, but hey, these guys are Southern Baptists. They give $40,000 to Lottie Moon. They give a percent and a half of their budgeted revenue to the cooperative program. That's a lot of money, but percentage-wise, that tends not to buy you a lot of influence in Southern Baptist life. I don't know how anybody didn't notice that. And you guys know I'm against the CP. So the article is like, oh yeah, this church is Southern Baptist. They give to Lottie Moon. Oh yeah, this church is Southern Baptist. Their, their ministerial staff, they got degrees from SBC seminaries. They went to Southern. Yeah, people went to Southern when we were liberal. It was the most liberal one. So it's basically all this cover. Oh, it's not as bad as you think. That's the gist of the article. Hey, this is a true Southern Baptist church. Yeah, they have got these CBF affiliations, but they give money. They have SBC staff. They don't have any female pastors. Here's a quote from, from their pastor. But you know what the article doesn't say? Do you know what it, it doesn't say at the bottom? Please note that Jonathan Howell is a vice president here, the vice president of communications of Baptist Press, and we're writing about our own guy who last week was VP of communications for Baptist Press, but we, you know, we've suspended his, his credentials to edit the website but because now he's the interim president. They didn't say, like, we're writing about some, a guy who's employed here in an executive position. If you're a newspaper writer and you're writing an article about the entity that owns your newspaper or the man that owns your newspaper, you say, hey, potential conflict of interest in the, in the in sense of being open, like, yeah, I'm employed by this newspaper and the subject matter of, I'm writing about is about my employer and my superior. That's basic journalistic ethics to reveal a conflict of interest. Now, yeah, I get, I get that there's an inherent conflict of interest. But you're writing about an individual guy, okay, who was an executive there. And here, the thing is, like, Joe Baptist, who hears about this, is like, well, I heard there's this controversy. Let me see what Baptist Press says. Oh, it's okay. 
He, he, Joe Baptist, I just explained it to you people. You people didn't know. Joe Baptist doesn't know. He doesn't know Jonathan Howell was VP of Baptist Press. Your pastor might know, but Joe Baptist doesn't. Oh, it's, he seems fine. This reporter, this correspondent is writing about his superior in his own, own organization and doesn't even disclose it. Guys, that is the state of Baptist ethics. The world has better ethics at their newspapers than we have at ours. We can dog the Washington Post and the New York Times, but it, you know they, they got a liberal slant. Okay, look, I got you. Look, I'm so fired up. I missed my exit. I'm on Walnut Avenue now. I was going to be at work before eight. So all the things we're blaming Jonathan Howe for, now I'm going. Now you're, I'm late to work, and it's your fault, Jonathan Howe. I'm not late. They don't care. <laughs> Listen, I could show up at ten, and nobody would notice. I don't even know if anybody in my department's going to be there. I'm going to tell you something. Like I was raised by like a generation that like values work and like you got to be honest and you got to work blah blah blah. I don't think those I don't, I don't know if the generation now is coming up like that. Get ready in the next twenty years to see productivity wane because I work and nobody's looking and I just keep working because that's the right thing to do. But there's people out there they might not work if nobody was looking. Speaking of people looking, you know who hasn't been looking at the operations of the Southern Baptist Convention? It's you, Southern Baptist listeners, because you know what? Most people don't listen to this podcast. The people who it's intended for, which is millions of, literally millions of people, the five million Southern Baptists who go to church every Sunday. Not the 15 million on the rolls who don't exist and should be church disciplined out of their local church and probably belong to two churches. I'm talking about the 5 million who actually show up to church on Sunday. Not just them, but all the other conservative Baptist people out there from the Reformed Baptists, the IFB, and the, and the, and the PCA. Now, I know like three lost people listen to this show to like get saved. I hope, I hope I keep talking about the Bible and you keep listening and like a two-edged sword that cuts to both bone and marrow, the Word of God reaches you, the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin, and you get saved. Like there's, You don't need to worry about who the president of the ex-con is. All right? You need to worry about going to hell. And if I may step out from turn or burn for a second, it ain't just worrying about going to hell. It's about living for the purpose of glorifying God. Bob Dylan said you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. You're here to serve God, human being. You're here to glorify him. And if you're not doing that, you're a you're like a screwdriver that hammers nails. You're not being used for what you were made to do. That's a problem. Being reconciled with God and becoming a part of the family of God 
has a lot more ramifications than just going to heaven when you die. It's about glorifying him here when you live and then continuing to do that throughout eternity. Your problem is you're not loving God. And you might even be loving your neighbor most of the time. But you're here to love God. And He loved the world so much that He sent His only Son to pay for your sins. That's your problem. That's what you need to worry about. But for the people who listen to this show, you need to be having these conversations with your fellow pew sitters. And it doesn't mean sharing this show. This show is not for everybody. People will be like, I don't want to hear that guy holler and scream in his car. This is the, mo- this is the most poorly produced podcast I've ever heard. This, by the way, this is the I'm t- this is the most poorly produced podcast that I, of which I know of all the ones I listen to. It barely has theme music. There's no editing. I'm recording in a a rickety car. Look, if I let go of the steering wheel, it rattles. There's 163,918 miles on a 2000. Is this a 20? I don't even know what year my car is. I think it's a 2010. No, no, hold on. When did I get married? I, I also don't know when I got married. Let me see. It's 2020. It is a 2010. This is a 2010. It's a 13-year-old kid. This, this car was $15,000 13 years ago. Okay? I do not have nice equipment. The nicest thing I have in the equipment is the phone. <laughs> and work bought it for me. I actually, I have to use my own personal phone now because my work phone stopped recording. Anyway. I know people don't want to listen to this poorly produced podcast, but you do, and you've got to get the message to these people that we've got to start looking around. And all these people, the trustee system is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is not fine. If it was fine, we would not have had adulterer, false prophet, phony, and cooperative Baptist in succession as the top Southern Baptist guy. Now listen, any organization here in the world is going to get a bad leader here and then. Read the Bible. Look at the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. They were almost all wicked. Okay? But nobody's minding the shop. And it, listen, some guy who pretends to be conservative is one thing. Okay, you got us fooled. But Jonathan Howe, he's not like a secret. He goes to a cooperative Baptist church and somehow became the VP of communications for the Baptist newspaper. That should never have happened. And if you don't get why it's wrong for a church to be CBF, then I can't make the case for you any longer. But if you understand the basic idea of why it's bad to to be with liberals who reject God's word and ecumenical partnership, then, then Jonathan Howe's a problem. Not just, not just as the president of the executive committee, but as the VP of communications. Listen, this guy shouldn't even be the janitor at the Baptist newspaper with his theological convictions. And listen, I don't care what he says. You understand this? 
I don't care what he says. He could come out with a press release and talk about conservatism, and he's complimentarian all day long. His church membership tells the story. And by the way, he's not in Alaska. And he's like, well, this is the only Baptist church in town. I'm in Alaska. You're in Nashville. Nashville is the most religious city in America. The Southern Baptist Convention is headquartered there. There are hymnal printing companies head, and publishing companies headquartered there. There's Methodists headquartered. There's all kinds of churches and entities headquartered. You're in Nashville, Tennessee. You are in the, the, the buckle of the Bible Belt. Don't tell me you can't find a conservative Baptist church in Nashville. I'll sooner believe you can't find a country stringer, a singer on the strip. Yeah, I was walking down the street in Nashville. I couldn't find one honky-tonk to go to. Do not believe their lies. Do not believe their obfuscations. When quote-unquote correspondent Scott Barkley writes an article like this guy gives $40,000 to the cooperative program, do not be fooled. Because what you will not find in Baptist Press is somebody on a screed like this saying this guy is a member of a liberal church. No matter what he says, that says it all. I sit here and say all the time, cooperative, the Roman Catholic Church has a false gospel. It's workspace. You've got to get sacraments from the priest. Blah, 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 blah. The magisterium. Would you guys believe anything I said if I was a member of the Catholic Church in my town and took my family there and sprinkled my babies and went to confession? Would you believe a word I said? Of course you wouldn't. When I said, oh, they got a false gospel. It needs reform. You wouldn't believe me if I, if I went there. You know what I believe about Jonathan Howe? I believe he is a middling, moderate, egalitarian Baptist. I believe he probably has the same convictions that I do about uh, soul freedom and soul competency and the priesthood of all believer and the separation of church and state, not from the liberal idea, but from the idea that the church can't come in and or the state can't come in and tell the church what to do. He probably believes Jesus died on the cross and rose again. All right? But he does not have my... He could say he believes in the inerrancy of Scripture. He could say it. And maybe, just maybe he does. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. If you met a guy who went to seminary who says he believes in the inerrancy of Scripture and still goes to a cooperative Baptist church, you've met a liar. Because when you go and you study these things, the beliefs that you've just accepted since you were six, and Mrs. So-and-so has given you Jolly Ranchers for memorizing Psalms and patting your back, all right? Those beliefs get challenged when you really study these things. When you actually read what scholars say about, well, why Second Peter have different Greek than First Peter? How could this epistle be written by, written by Paul? He was probably dead in Rome by now. And you have to really challenge yourself. And then you think, like, I'm going to associate with the people who reject the inerrancy of God's word. They've gone through and rejected it, and I'm going to associate it with them. No. I'm coming out on the other side of that crucible.
Jonathan Howe's a liberal. No matter what Baptist Press says, no matter what he says, he's a liberal. And you know what? If he's in charge, the correspondents and all the people writing these little old sunshine pumping articles, they're probably liberals too. Because that's how takeovers are done. Pay attention. Do not be fooled. The Bible is inerrant. This podcast isn't. But I'm pretty sure I'm over the target here. And as James Vandenberg, nobody answered that one, used to say, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Thanks for listening to The Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again this afternoon. As always, God bless. And remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to The Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to SethDunn88 at gmail.com. If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.